When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. New Kids on the Block just put tickets on sale for their 2022 mixtape tour, which wraps at Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. next July. I spoke with founding member Jonathan Knight about forming the band in the Boston area, breaking up in 1994, and reuniting in 2008. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. Yeah, so good to be here. Uh, we're talking with Jonathan Knight, of course, of New Kids on the Block, which just announced um, a new tour, and it's going to be swinging by Washington, D.C. here at Capital One Arena. Um, we're the last stop, July 23rd. Um, uh, thanks so much for doing this. Um, so is this, I guess, the first tour back since, since COVID, or how's the last year and a half been for you, for you guys? Yeah, the last past year and a half has been really quiet, but um, it actually was a good break to, to take the time off. Um, but it's going to be so great to get back on tour and be on stage again. And obviously we're saving the best for last by ending our tour in Washington, D.C. on July 23rd. That's actually <laughs> my manager's hometown. So it's kind of like, you know, when we all go there, we kind of feel like we're at home with him. And it's it's always a great, great place to play. Gotcha. That's cool. So you can kind of, he can kind of show you around after the tour. It'd be your last stop on the tour. So you can kind of celebrate after maybe. Yeah. Have a few days off and do some sightseeing. Wander around the nation's capital. Love it. Love it. Um, well, so uh, who, it, it remind us, our listeners, maybe if they haven't caught one of your tours in a couple of years, who, 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 who all do we got in the lineup? Do we got the full lineup? All the new kids? Uh, we did a, a mixtape tour, uh, our last tour, and it was so much fun that we said we have to do this again. So uh, last tour, we had Salt and Pepper, and we, you know, just fell in love with them. So we asked Salt and Pepper to come back. We have the iconic Rick Astley, uh, and we have uh, En Vogue. So it's going to be, it's going to be so amazing. I mean, I grew up listening to Rick Astley and you know, uh, and Vogue was such a part of like the nineties for me, just, you know, playing their album over and over and over. So to get us all on stage is just going to be so much fun. Oh, that's four four huge uh, artists right there for sure. We, we, yeah. We're going to get, we're all going to get Rick rolled again. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, you know, whenever I have someone, you know, of your stature on, I like, I love hearing your sort of, you know, your musical journey. So remind our listeners, um, you know, where Jonathan, like, where did, where did you grow up? You and your brother, Jordan? Uh, well, we all grew up in Boston. So we, you know, we have a big Boston influence with Aerosmith and New Edition. And, you know, there's so many great acts that have come out of Boston. So that's sort of the, those were the acts like New Edition, Aerosmith and stuff that, that you grew up listening to around the house or, or what did your parents play? You know, like what were your sort of your early touchdowns? 
Yeah, well, you know, it's weird because I'm the second youngest. So we had older brothers and sisters that listened to totally different music than us. And, you know, our parents, they, I don't even know what they were listening to, probably some 1950s stuff that I never heard of. (laughs) But, um, you know, growing up, you know, we were pretty much into like the R&B and all that stuff. But then my brothers and sisters were more into like the classic rock. So, you know, growing up, it's just always been different music playing in our house at any given day. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. And then um, uh, how did you actually meet the rest of the guys? Like, you know, when do you remember when you first met Donnie Wahlberg and Joey McIntyre and the rest? I do. Um, me, Jordan, Danny, and Donnie went to elementary school together and it was on a playground at the Trotter Elementary School in Roxbury, Mass that I first met Donnie. I was actually friends with his, uh, his older brother and, um, I remember him bringing me out to the playground. We were, you know, playing kickball and he introduced me to Donnie and, uh, you know, the rest is history. We've just been really great friends ever since, the, the five of us. And then it was um, in our early uh, days of getting together, our producer really wanted like, you know, a young Michael Jackson, a, a young Michael Jackson type. Um, so they put out, a, put out their feelers to go find Joe. And um, Joe, it's weird because right now we're, you know, we're only maybe four years apart. But when I met him, he was 12 and I was probably 16. And the age difference just felt so weird back then. Like he was just this real young kid. And uh, poor guy, he got the brunt of it when we were younger because he was so much younger than us. We used to just, you know, pick on him and all that stuff. I'm I'm actually surprised Joe stayed in the new kids. <laughs> he was the most kid of the kids for sure at the time. Yeah, he was, he was <laughs> the little guy that that just got bullied by the rest of the new kids. Right. Well, you wait, you so real quick, I want to pack unpack something you said. So you said you knew Donnie's older brother first. Was that was that Mark Wahlberg or is the other Wahlberg? Um, well, I knew, I knew both of them. I used to hang out with Mark in elementary school and, you know, it was, it was more Bobo, uh, Donnie's brother that I was like more friendly with and hanging out. I mean, you know, I'd see Mark in the hallways and he'd always be this little trickster. He'd always love to like flip you down the hall and all this crazy stuff. So, right. Now, did you all sing on the playground? Like, or was it more just, you know, the normal roughhouse and sports and stuff? No, we went to like an art school and part of that art school, you had to do a musical instrument. Uh, Everybody was in the chorus. You had to do like, you know, theater. They had dance lessons. It was it was just a really great school at the time to encourage kids to get into the arts. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when, when, and how did you get discovered by, I guess it was, was it Maurice Starr? And how did, it's like, I know you originally, you were called like the nook or something. <laughs> how, how did, uh, how did Maurice discover you guys for that, that record contract? And and then also, you know, deciding on the name, new kids on the block, the name change, like how did that all come together? Well, we, um, we coming from Boston, Maurice produced all of new additions albums and then they had a falling out and really Maurice put us together out of spite. And, you know, he, we had a local manager that uh, managed us and 
she kind of just started putting her feelers out, looking around, you know, the neighborhoods and driving by playgrounds and seeing if, you know, kids were dancing and all that stuff. And uh, the first person she found was Donnie. And um, Donnie was driving just around the neighborhood, trying to think of kids from, you know, back in, back in school at the Trotter, uh, who he thought would be good for the group. And he just, you know, reached out to us all individually. And we went to the studio where Maurice at his house, he had a studio in his house. And, you know, one by one, we auditioned and just, you know, really never thought that the new kids would become what they are today. We were, you know, we were performing in, uh, you know, street fairs and uh, festivals and all this stuff. And, you know, just even that, we were so thankful to be able to perform in front of people. And then, um, you know, then, then the, the Tiffany tour came along and it just blew up from there. And, you know, it still blows my mind that we, we did such a big career in our early days, took so much time off and then came back for what was supposed to be uh, just a reunion tour of like, I think it was like 32 shows. And that did so well that we just said, okay, let's, let's just keep on going. And it's, it's so weird that we've been together the second time around longer than we were the first time around. Wow. That's so wild. Yeah. Not only did you come full circle, you kind of lapped yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow. Well, um, my listeners will kill me if we don't talk about some of the, you know, your, your big famous hits. So, um, and, and there's too many to really talk about all of them, but tell me about, um, you got it, the right stuff that was off the hanging tough album, but, um, you know, you got it, the right stuff, uh, memories of putting that one together or recording it or writing it or anything. Um, the recording it, that was, oh my goodness, I'm dating myself now. That was what 30 something years ago. So I don't, I don't really remember being in the studio. Um, I remember hearing that song for the first time and, you know, just loving it so much. Uh, but I do remember filming the videos because that was when we were a little more established and the record company really saw the potential. And we got to go to New Orleans and film the video. And it was, you know, the first video where there was like, you know, hair and makeup and wardrobe and, you know, all these cameras, it was just, it was a big production. Um, so I, I just remember that and just feeling really special that, that you know, we're making this really cool video. And, um, you know, I think videos were more popular back then than they are now. They're not so elaborate, so. Um, just, you know, filming videos for that album were were so much fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you're right. Music video there in the late 80s and then early 90s was that's that was where it was at. Um, cool. Well, that song went to number three, but um, I'll be loving you forever went to, to number one. Why do you think that song works so well? The great love uh, song. I it's just a classic love song that I think a lot of people can relate to. Um you know, and it, it, it could go so many ways. It, it could be about your dog. It could be about your wife, your husband, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents. Um, you know, so I just I just think it's it's such a great, great ballad. 
Oh, yeah. And then, of course, we'd be remiss not to talk about the title song on that album, Hanging Tough. That's just a, I mean, that's one of your most iconic ones. But yeah, why do you think that one works so well? Um, I think it's just has that really good anthem feel. Um, you know, it's it's just it's it's a it's a weird song for me, because actually, when I first heard that song, it it, it wasn't one of my favorites. But, you know, over the years after singing it so many times and, um, you know, it's it's a song we always end our show in and end our show with. And it just it just feels so good and it's just so uplifting and it's it's a great song. Great. Well, we'd be here all day if we went through all of them. Cover Girl and Didn't I Blow Your Mind. This one's for the children. There's so many tonight. Um, but one more I would like to get a soundbite from you is Step by Step. That one, I mean, right out of the gate, it's an earworm right out from the first <laughs> from the first line. Step by step. You know, it's it's really weird as an artist. You really never know if something is going to work or not. Um, you know, I think you put your heart and soul into it and you just hope that people are going to love it. And, you know, luckily we just hit the nail on the head so many times with, with these songs and, you know, that they were received and that they did so well. But how did you come up with the idea on that one? Because don't each one of you guys takes a different step, right? Like Danny does step one, Donnie does step two, et cetera. And you're, what are you, step five? Yeah. Um, I don't know how that came about. I don't know. It's that was just something maybe in the studio creatively. It just kind of worked its way out. Definitely. And I believe um, you mentioned music videos. I think uh, Mark Wahlberg actually showed up in the video for that one, too. So, yes, I think he did. Yeah, I think he did. Like I said, again, it's been so long. Been a while. <laughs> well, you mentioned sort of how, you know, you've been, you, you guys sort of, you know, disbanded the band and then brought them back together and you've been around longer now. But remind us, what, what was behind the thought process there of, of taking the big break there? You know, why did, had you guys just been running a little too hard there? You wanted to try other stuff and, you know, what, what was sort of yeah. the, the decision? I mean, it was, it was a lot of factors. I mean, we were just young kids, uh, thrown on a bus performing 360 days a year for, you know, at least four years. And, um, you know, we were having internal conflict as well as ex external conflict. Um, you know, people's musical tastes were changing and people just started to shy away from the pop music and they were more into the grunge. So it just got to a point where it just kind of fizzled out, you know, I was, I was sadly, I was the first one to jump ship. I was like, you know, 22 years old. And I was just like, there's gotta be, you know, something else out here in life. And I think a lot of us felt the same way. And, you know, taking 15 years off from, from each other, I think really in the long run helped because you know, we all got to go out and experience life and be able to be ourselves and, you know, just find out who we are because so much of our identity was, you know, we're the new kids from Boston, this pop group. And, um, you know, I think it just gave us time to mature and uh, coming back into the reunion that really helped because, you know, I think we all understood each other and, we were able to be adults and work on conflict and, you know, just be able to compliment each other and know 
people's strengths and weaknesses. And it's, you know, it's just been such a blessing to come back together and work again as adults. Right, right, for sure. So internally, you're, you're finding out, you know, that it's, it's been a blessing to have you all back together. What about externally? Are you surprised or pleasantly surprised that how the fans have sort of stuck by you? You know, speak to sort of the, the concept that, you know, a lot of the people that show up to your show probably, you know, were, I don't know, young girls or teenagers, maybe even young boys. I mean, I, I knew you guys, you know, my cousins had had the new kids dolls and all that stuff. But, um, yeah. you know, they, they go from, you know, you know, the, the your posters on the wall and then now they're old enough, older and either did they come to see you for nostalgia or maybe even introduce their own kids? I and mean, it's gotta be wild. Did, did they just come up to you all the time saying you were, I had your poster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hear all the time, you know, just from random strangers on the street, like you were my first concert. And, you know, I think that that helped a lot that these, that our fans were, you know, young teenagers and they were just finding out about love and having crushes and, you know, I mean, most of our fans were 15, 16, 17 years old. And, you know, now to come back in our fan base is anywhere from 35 to, you know, 55. And the great thing is that, you know, so many of our fans now have kids and they're bringing their kids to the shows. So we're, we're kind of expanding our audience, which is such a great thing. For sure, for sure. Well, I mean, your your legacy sort of speaks for itself. I mean, there's sort of before New Kids on the Block and after New Kids on the Block, you changed a lot of things. You know, after after you guys, there was, you know, Backstreet Boys and Sync and 98 Degrees, Boys to Men, all those that sort of followed after you. you name, yeah. name it. What, One Direction, Jonas Brothers, all the rest um, yeah. up to today. But um, do do you sort of do you guys sort of look back fondly and think, wow, we we sort of kicked off a whole boy band era. We were the we were the OGs of the boy bands. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think of, I think that there were a lot of uh, boy bands before us. I think that we just kind of put it more mainstream on the map. And, um, you know, I think a, a lot of record companies and a lot of artists saw that that, that model worked. I mean, for instance, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, they were both formed by um, a man who, you know, followed our career very intensely. And, you know, he kind of modeled all of their careers after, you know, our success. Um, I mean, but I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and take credit for that because obviously these guys, just like us, started out humbly. They probably played in, you know, these small nightclubs and long hours and you know they they put the work in so that that's how they became successful absolutely and and you raise a good point yeah long before you guys i guess you know jackson five hell the beatles were a boy band in their own way yeah you know? so, the monkeys. So, yeah exactly so so yeah but but you know what i mean you guys sort of it, it became its own sort of sound a, a pop boy band thing um from from your from your era on with the yeah with the groups we referenced um, well, cool. I appreciate your time. Um, before we run, um, is it, I would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, each of, each of the, each of the guys of your buddies in the band, you know, um, I don't, you don't have to embarrass them, but say something nice about each one, you know, like, uh, what, what is, what is, uh, what is your, your bro Jordan bring to the group? Oh man, that's like, put me on the 
spot. Um, you know, I mean, say something I, nice I, about you, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll say something nice about all of us. It's, it's yeah. just, I think it's really great that we all have very different personalities, um, very different looks, um, different sounding voices. You know, it's, it's, and, and, and that's what, what I say about you know, going ahead to NKOTB version 2.0 is that, you know, now we all kind of have our, you know, we, we, we all have our roles that we give to each other, you know, whether it's somebody looking over contracts or this or that, or, you know, we, we just all have something special. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then random final off the wall question. When you see Donnie on the big screen in the sixth sense shooting <laughs> Bruce Willis in what would become one of the greatest twists of movie history. What are you, know, you guys? Do you remember watching that the first time? That's my boy. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because we had broken up and I knew Donnie was doing movies, but I didn't know what movies he was in. And I sat and watched The Sixth Sense. I remember being at the movie theater with friends. Same. Did not know it was him. He looked totally different. And it wasn't until he laughed in the movie, I was like, holy wow, that's Donnie. And then found out it was him. And you know, I love hearing the stories of, of, of him when he did that movie, like just losing all that weight and transforming his look so much so yeah that was that was a real cool experience i'm getting goosebumps thinking about that scene that the broken glass window and then you see him in his you know underwear all you know emaciated such, it's ter think, terrifying ter of course yeah, you didn't recognize him it was that was such a great movie it really i think it's one of the all-time greats for sure for sure all right well um you guys you know i, I guess let's leave it with with this one you got the walk Hollywood walk of fame. You know, you were broken up for so long. You finally are there. Yeah. You're getting to see your, see your star there. Um, how, how rewarding was that? Or, or any of these sort of, you know, lifetime achievement accolades, like do, do, does it sort of validate, you know, in, in your own mind, you knew you were a big deal, but it sort of, it sort of speaks to that. The rest of us never forgot about you guys. No, I mean, and I think in our minds, we actually don't think we were that much of a big deal. So, you know, anytime we're recognized, it's, it's just such a great compliment. And, you know, I think being on the inside looking out, I don't really know the true impact that we've had on people's lives. You know, you hear stories and all that, but we didn't live their life. So, you know, I'm, I, I, I really think that for me, not only giving people music and concerts and, you know, giving them happiness that way, I think, just the fact that who we are gives them internal joy. You know, I, I, I think of stories of, you know, uh, fans going through hard times and, and just, they always say like, you got me through. And to me, that is all the validation I need in the world. Absolutely. You perfectly said, perfect place to leave it. Glad to see you. You know, you guys are all hanging tough and it's still after, <laughs> after all these years. And uh, we can't wait to see you at um, Capital One Arena for that final stop on, on the tour. So, um, you know, Jonathan Knight, thanks so much for joining us. This was a blast. All right. Thank you so much, Jason. All right. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. 
Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.